Today on Lockdown Red Wings, we recap the weekend's games, the loss to the Golden Knights at home, and the win on the road against the Columbus Blue Jackets. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I am a podcast producer of the Daily JAWWJ News Radio podcast. Well, Scotty is host over at Lockdown Tigers as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And uh, the Red Wings played two games this weekend, as anyone listening to this should know by now. Um, back to backs, one on the home, one at home, one on the road, less than twenty four hours apart from puck drop. And I mean. You know, we're talking about the loss to the Golden Knights first, obviously, because that's the chronologically what happened first. But when I saw that on the schedule, I was honestly surprised that not only would they schedule two games less than 24 hours apart, one would be at home and one would be on the road. And granted, it was 7 o'clock and 6 o'clock. It's not like it was 7 o'clock and a 1 o'clock matinee game. But it was just shocking to me that they would do that to the Red Wings because that's a really quick turnaround, especially when you have to get on a jet and fly to the next rink. But they won that game, so I'm not going to complain too much. But it's just the sometimes the NHL scheduling, man. I just I just constantly am questioning it because remember early in the season too, there was like four days in a row of games, and then there was a Thursday that just had no games early in the season. And it's like, what are you? What's going on? Yeah, the NHL is the NHL. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like that's that's its own thing. Yeah, for sure. It well, definitely was a uh, weird little. I don't know, just thing to see on the schedule, absolutely. But whatever, the NHL is going to do what the NHL does always, and better for worse. And I know you got to factor in what the away team's doing too. Like I know you got to factor in what Vegas has going on, and you got to factor in what Columbus has going on with their schedule. But the Red Wings were off from Tuesday. Was it Tuesday or Wednesday? Uh, they Wednesday. I think they played Wednesday against Toronto. So they're off yeah. from Wednesday until Saturday. Why couldn't they move the Golden Knights unless they played on Friday? To the to Friday, and then have that space. And I, I don't know what the Golden Knight schedule looked like off the top of my head, but it's just a weird. I don't understand what the purpose of that was, but it does not matter. That's not the point of this conversation. Um, yeah, you want to we'll, keep talking about scheduling? We can, man. We can. I'd rather talk about scheduling than the fact that the Red Wings lost the Golden Knights four to one. But but it wasn't a horrible game. They they, they lost four to one. But it was closer than uh, the score would relay, I, I, I would like to imagine. You look at their their five-on-five five stats, the course of the expected goals for. It was really close. Uh, Golden Knights, I think, had the edge overall. But it was a really close game at five-on-five. Five. The Red Wings continue to improve at five-on-five. Five, despite, in every single loss in that three-game losing streak, they either just barely got edged out or had the edge at five-on-five five play. And that is something, God, I got to stop saying five-on-five. It's going to like lose its meaning to me and all the listeners. <laughs> um, but they continue to take strides in improving in that. And that is something we wanted to see as it seems that that is finally starting to click. And we'll talk about that. But that carried over to the game against Columbus, which albeit is a bad team. But you played them well at even strength as well. I'm going to start saying even strength instead. Um, so 4-1 was the loss. But if you look at the goals they scored, it was the it, it was lapses. It was blown tires. It was a power. It was power plays. It wasn't anything egregious. It was just 
the Vegas Golden Knights being a potent offensive scoring threat, capitalizing on opportunities. Yeah, I mean, they had one goal on the power play, an empty netter, and then a goal 50 seconds into the game. Well, and, and let's like, talk about that's oh, that's three right there, right? Like we talk about we talk about like empty net or whatever that that like doesn't even count. And then two of the other three goals that that you gave up in that game, power play, obviously that's something we talk about all the time and how vital the, the special teams are uh to this team. And then we have another thing we talk about all the time, which is, hey, how about we don't allow goals 50 seconds into the game? It'd be really cool if that was something that we could like address and stop. Because this we can't just point and go like, oh, Ned was in net again. Look what happened. Like, no, this was Huso's net. And still a goal was given up like 57 seconds into the game. So like if you – if the, the special teams has taken a step forward this year, absolutely. And if you continue to take strides in that area and you just figure out whatever the heck you're doing for the first 60 seconds of the game, that almost like a third of the time results in you going down one, nothing. Um, then you're talking about a completely different hockey game. Cause you're totally right. That, that was a, a really even game played at even strength. And I, I think that you're, yeah, four to one, but you look at three of those four goals for sure. You can look at and be like, okay, if that's like a, a fixable issue, or at least much more of a fixable issue than just you know a defensive breakdown and and getting beat at 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 full strength like the fourth one. Yeah, and we can't even like we can't play the blame Ned game with that first goal because Huso was in that, and that's a conversation we should have in the second half of this episode is the fact that Huso started the back to back because that's that that speaks loudly. Um, but that first goal was mostly because, and I'm not going to like go out here and be like, blame Olimata. He's been great this season. And that pairing has been fantastic, but Olimata blew a tire at the blue line or not. Sorry. That was a different goal. Olimata tried to pinch at the defensive blue line. The play got behind him. Horonic had to come over to cover, leaving Jack Eichel breaking in late wide open for the rebound Barry at home. I mean, that's solely because Olimata made an ill-advised step up on the blue line to try and beat the offensive player to the puck. Now, if he gets that puck first, do I say it's ill-advised? Probably not. That's just hockey in all reality. And part yeah, of hockey it's risk is risk-reward. That's just it's, how it's risk-reward. Yeah. And, you know, it was a risky play. The reward would have been great. Because then a, you now know, you have an odd man risk rush. that didn't pay off in, yeah. on Sunday as well. That almost cost a goal, but didn't. <laughs> thanks to a phenomenal Philip Aronic defensive play, by the way. But that's ben Sherrod had one too, and we'll talk about that. They both had really good odd man rush def, uh, breakups. It was fantastic. But you know, Olimata made a play that didn't pan out. You know, and part of your job as a defenseman is risk assessment. You know, gauging the gap control and w- whether or not you're going to beat the player to the puck, and he just didn't. And so uh, Hronik had to come over across and it, it just, he didn't, he didn't make it in time. So when you talk about that first goal a minute in, I mean, that was just, it took a risk that did not pay off and it, it stinks, but that's, that's hockey. And then, you know, your other, one of your other even strengths goals, I can't remember who it was, but the Red Wings broke into the offensive zone, tried to pivot, blew a tire and turned it over. And it was a odd man rush coming. Oh, that's when Phil Castle sniped at home. Yeah. I mean, if you don't blow a tire and for the turnover, right, that yeah, goal doesn't happen. Go. So it's like weird little things that cause those goals, and you can't make those kind of mistakes or those kind of errors against the Golden Knights. 
because they will capitalize on. Yeah, it. we're we, we. It feels like we're almost at a point now where there's still like they're going on winning streaks and they're going on losing streaks. Then they're going on winning streaks. Then they're going on losing streaks. And like there's still the kind of somewhat inconsistency still throughout the season. But the last I'd say three weeks has felt a lot more like, or maybe two weeks has felt a lot more like. We are taking care of business against most teams that I would say are objectively worse than us. And we are putting ourselves in a position where we have to play a darn near perfect game against teams that are, I would say, objectively better rosters than us. Yeah, I mean... And I think we saw both sides of that coin in 48 hours this weekend oh absolutely i mean and they they have been and i'm they were on a three-game losing streak and it's so it's really easy to start to get down because you compare this losing streak that they were on to the last losing streak that the red wings had and it's a lot more optimistic this time around because yeah you've lost three straight games but you've competed and played well now you're playing, you ran into a couple of really good teams in the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Vegas Golden Knights who you can't afford to make mistakes against. And you did make mistakes and that's what cost you the game. But overall, you played really tight with them. You had the edge in Corsi at the end of this game. Well, they had the edge in expected goals for. So you outshot attempted them. They just had the better quality shot attempts. Obviously, if you look at the goals that they scored, it screams they had better quality shot attempts. So you're, in it with these close teams now or with these good teams now you're just barely and again the score sheet would say that you are getting blown out in these games but you're not even though four one's not really a blowout but you understand my point they're not close games they're not blowouts they're not close right but you look at the metrics you look at the possession metrics like the red wings are playing tight with these teams and that is when you're looking at a rebuilding team that's trying to take a step forward that is something you don't want to overlook because they're getting better this system is beginning to get implemented and they carried that over into the next game, and they won, and they took care of business against a team that they should beat. And like you were just saying, like that's this is the trend that is beginning to develop. So, and and we'll talk about we'll talk more about that. I want to talk about Aiden Hill too, because got to give a shout out to Aiden Hill. As Red Wings have run into a couple of really hot goaltenders. Um, but first, I do got to talk to you guys today about Athletic Greens. The next partner has a product. You will use literally every day. You got to start taking AG1 because with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging, all of those things. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. Contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, and no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It's cheaper than getting all of your different supplements yourself. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
Segment two, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. I want to give credit where credit's due because I feel like oftentimes, Scotty, when we break down Red Wings game, we only talk about the Red Wings successes and the Red Wings failings. And we don't often give credit to the other side because, I mean, we're locked on Red Wings, not locked on Golden Knights. But Aiden Hill played great in this game. He had a save percentage, I think, of 9-4-1. The Red Wings had their opportunities and they had their chances. And that's an ongoing theme along that three-game losing streak is the Red Wings had a plethora of chances. But every goaltender they ran into was good. You look, again, the win or the loss to the Toronto Maple Leafs. They ran into a hot goaltender. Craig Anderson was playing phenomenal for the first 75% of that game against the Detroit Red Wings for the Buffalo Sabres. They finally got to them in the third period as the Buffalo Sabres collapsed. But Red Wings have run into hot goaltender after hot goaltender along this losing streak. If they have an average goaltender in net, then they win maybe – two out of three of those games yeah yes (laughs) coming completely um it it's frustrating because it feels like it's been a theme of the last like five years right it's like oh like yes like running into hot goalies but specifically like young goalies or goalies that Oh, for how many first career shutouts did we see last season? Last year was egregious. It was About, always young right? goalies. Yeah, like, or, you know, we're going to call up some goalie and he's going to make his NHL debut against the Red Wings. And and then they do well always. And the, the last few years specifically, it has felt really, really frustrating in that regard. And while the offense has certainly taken step forwards, and, 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 I, and I'm not saying that it's a – direct correlation necessarily to this year's team, but uh, I'm just really tired of it. (laughs) I'm tired of it too, but like that's another reason why I feel that you look at this game against Columbus, but you'll get every game along that three game losing streak. And I'm not necessarily like upset because of the fact that the Detroit Red Wings ran into a hot goalie. They Red Wings play, like I said, tight in every single one of these games in this three game losing streak. And yet, Hot goalie is stopping them. And yeah, you could argue the Red Wings could t- maybe make better decisions on their scoring chances. And maybe that's why they lost is because they shot instead of pass or pass instead of shot. That's always the argument. You know, it's two sides. You could have done something different to maybe score that goal and may- not make the goalie look good. But they ran into good goaltenders along this stretch and they almost stopped the losing streak and they lost in overtime, but they battled back. And that's another thing I want to talk about too as we transition into the Columbus Blue Jackets game here is the other important thing in this stretch is the Red Wings did not collapse in the third period in any one of these games. In fact, in the third period against the Buffalo Sabres, they made the comeback. And in the game against Columbus Blue Jackets um, tonight or last night by the time people are listening to this, the Red Wings, it felt like the game had the makings of a third period collapse because late in the second period when Columbus got on the board on their power play goal, the Detroit Red Wings ended up on their heels. It was all Columbus for the rest of the second period. In fact, I think it was like a 50 or a 61% advantage on expected goals for in the second period for Columbus because they caught wind on that power play goal and started getting momentum. And they carried that into the third period, getting another early goal. And it felt like it had the makings of like the Red Wings had a three, nothing lead and they're going to blow it. But then Andrew cop got that beautiful goal and he stopped it dead in the tracks right there. And they carried that to the win. So that's something that not just in the win against Columbus Blue Jackets, but across that three-game losing streak as well, 
there was no third period collapse. There was no, you're down four to one, and now it's going to end up eight to one or five to two, like we were seeing early in the season. The team is becoming, while we are saying inconsistently or consistently inconsistent in their play, and I mean, win streak, lose streak, win streak, lose streak is, is the trend where you start seeing night to night basis. They're playing pretty similarly. It's just the team they're facing and the goalie they're facing seems to be making the difference in the game. Yeah, I, I would I would say that in the last couple of weeks, their play has been a lot more consistent than it was the first month and a half of the season. But I think the the conversation that you started with there yeah, sorry. I, I know I can I can get on a monologue. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do the same thing. Um, no, I I think that it is definitely a good sign, and I think that with the Columbus game specifically, when you had like the cop goal was great, and that is obviously what what ended up sealing the deal. But even before that, you had kind of like the wind taken out of your sails because of the offside. Like Larkin had a snipe and Larkin scored, but they called, I think it was Perron, they called offsides. Like, and they they took the goal back. And by the way, like inches away from being offside. Like tried to drag his toe to just, yeah. But I think that in that moment, you get that goal to make your lead bigger. They take it away. Columbus has scored. And then you're still able to press forward and then score it again. And that's, I, I think, just – I was really impressed. With, I agree with you. I was really impressed with the last 10, 12 minutes of this game. Yeah, it's just the team it, – it's kind of crazy when you look at the grand scope of things and you look at the results that you've seen. You had a three-game winning streak where you beat the Capitals, beat the Islanders, beat the Rangers. And all three of those are good teams. Those are all good wins to have. Then you had a four-game losing streak – against the Canadians, Rangers, Kings, Ducks, followed by a four-game winning streak against the Blue Jackets, Predators, Coyotes. Um, Sharks, sorry, led with the Sharks. Uh, Blue Jackets, Predators, Coyotes, followed by a three-game losing streak against the Leafs, Sabres, and Golden Knights. So it's literally win streak, lose streak, win streak, lose streak. And so you look at that and you go, this team is a glass cannon. You never know what you're going to get on a night-to-night basis. But since probably, I would say, I mean, a lot of these games are really, really inconsistent up until probably the Coyotes game. The Coyotes 4-3 win, which was close, you started playing that consistently out, playing them, but the score sheet wasn't necessarily reflecting that because Maple Leafs, you outplayed them at even strength. What was the Ducks loss? The Ducks loss was uh, 3-2. It was the final loss on a four-game losing streak before you went to the Sharks and won 7-4. Yeah, I would say since then, I feel like they have been a lot more consistently effective at even strength, at least. It's like the streak, the streakiness of their record doesn't reflect how much better they have played lately. And it's nice to see that the talent, even even with how decimated the talent is, because that is something we got to bring up as well. I mean, you lost Bertuzzi again. Six to eight weeks with surgery on his hand again. I think it's a different hand this time, technically. But, I mean, that's a huge blow. You call up Zarnik, who had a goal in this game, because Bergeron, his vision, his patience in the offensive zone is, I mean, he's genuinely making a case to never touch Grand Rapids again. And I know know on a game-to-game basis, like his defensive side can be a, a little iffy, 
But his in the offensive zone, his vision is phenomenal. His ability to set up the set up his teammates is great, and he's got a great shot as well. And that that Zarnik goal, he had. I mean, just the fact that there's so there are there are a lot of things to love about this game, from the fact that Bergen is being as effective as he is, to the fact that you can call up a guy like Austin Zarnik, who's not an everyday NHLer but has tons of NHL experience. And he slides into the fourth line and can eat minutes and be effective. I mean, we've talked about it multiple times, but that's so it speaks to why it is so important to make those types of acquisitions in the offseason. It's not the sexy acquisition. It's not your David Perron. It's not your Andrew Cobb, but it's just as important because injuries happen. You had you have Michael Rasmussen centering your second line, which is great, good for Ras. He's earned the opportunity, but you're full, if you were a fully healthy team, you probably don't have him at 2C. So it's just, this is great to see. It's great to see that these guys can slide on up and still be an effective team. Absolutely. When we come back, we'll continue this conversation because we got to talk Huso. We got to talk the goal scorers in this game. Uh, we touched on Zarnik. Um, I got to let Scotty talk at some point, but we'll do that in segment three. First, I got to talk to you guys today about betonline.net. Betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at betonline as well. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix in. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Betonline, where the game starts. Segment three, Locked on Red Wings podcast. Scotty, what did you think about Billy Huso in this game? And grander scope, what did you think about the fact that he made back-to-back starts? Yeah, so, well, I mean, first and foremost, I, I think that he was great in, against Columbus. I thought that that was a, yeah, very, very good performance. Um, I, I don't even know if there's too much really else to add there uh he, he looked really really solid but i do think that starting back-to-back games is wild i i i don't want to overreact too much because at the end of the day he got like almost a week off and ned started the most recent game before saturday's game so like i, I don't want to take it as like a huge sign necessarily because because of all that and and like again almost a week off for Huso, but i mean it's definitely somewhat of a statement regardless and i am very i don't know like is that was that on purpose the whole week like the whole week where they like all right wednesday is going to be ned and then Huso is going to get both games in the back-to-back because it'll have been you know six days since he was since he was in net like i i I wonder it, how far in advance they planned this, I guess, is my question. I honestly do think that right now it's the Huso's net. I think I that's agree. genuinely I don't think it what it was. is. I don't even think and, when Huso had a, like, the whatever, the when he got pulled. I don't even think that really made it not his net. Because, I mean, think Ned about Ned hasn't it. done anything to, to to take it away from him. I don't think it's, it's you know, Huso struggled for a game or two or whatever that earlier this week and the last week. Um, but – that doesn't mean that Ned went out there and like earned it back. Like he came in relief and had a decent game and, and he had an okay game, I guess in, in his start, but like, no, I, I'm, yeah, but, I don't think it ever wasn't who's net. But that's my point is if Huso is 
good to go. If Lalone goes, hey, Vili, are you good to play tonight? He goes, yes, this hits his net. Because like you said, he had a good relief performance in the game that Huso played poorly after a sixth consecutive start. So I'm not going to rag on Huso for right. that. Yeah. But then he comes out in the game against the Sabres as a rough first half, recovers really well, and actually had a was a positive asset. If you look at his goal saved above expected yeah, in the game. end of the game. Um, but that that first half is what did the damage. I mean, it, you can't recover from that. The Red Wings did recover from that, but it should never have gotten to that point to begin with. The damage was already done. So you go back to, obviously you go back to Huso on Saturday against Vegas. And, you know, he had like an eight, seven save percentage, but the, he was shelled and he didn't get much support because again, what I've talked about, I mean, Phil Kessel on a breakaway has one of the best shots in the league still. And then Jack Eichel wide open in front of his the net and a power play goal and an empty net goal. I mean, that goal doesn't count against Huso, but like, you look at the goals he let in. It's not really anything he could do on those. And so you go back to him in this game, and it, it wasn't an easy game. Columbus played hard. The Red Wings had the edge at even strength. Um, they scored a power play goal. They did everything right, but Columbus didn't roll over. They still had like 35 shots. Huso came out, made 34 saves, and had a goal saved above expected of 1.46. He still had to earn this game. So you still don't win this game if Huso's not on if, if he's not on. Not the defense was bad. In fact, Phil Peronic had another fantastic game. He had two apples in this one. It's just two games under a point per game right now. And then he broke up a fantastic odd man rush. But so like the defense was there in this game, but it was just a very good back and forth game. And you don't win if Huso's not on. So I do think that it speaks to what the locker room view is on the starter backup role right now that Huso starts those back to back games despite the loss the night before. Yeah, I, I think that that's another good point, too, is the, you know, he gave up three goals. There was the empty netter, right? But still a, a 4-1 loss the night before and then send him back out there. I, I definitely think it is a statement. I just, I I don't think that, it. I still think it's a more of a 1A, 1B than it is, like, Huso. Hmm. I don't even know if I want to classify. I don't even know if I want to finish my sentence. I I think that it is a statement, but I don't think that if that situation were to happen again next week, that it would necessarily be Huso getting both games in a back-to-back like from here on out either. I don't think that Huso is on pace to finish the season with like 65 games in net or something ridiculous. Like mm-hmm. that. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's give a shout out to Andrew Kopp too. I kind of mentioned it in the second let's. segment, but that shot that was sexy. I mean, from behind the goal line, saw Corpusalo cheating off a little bit with his head and shoulder. I I don't blame Corpusalo. I think that's not a bad play. I think Corpusalo played it fine, but for Andrew Kopp to find that gap to bank it off him for the goal, I mean I know he got demoted down to 3C, and I don't know if it was a demotion rather to shine and shake the lineup up, um, but I know he's playing 3C now, but like his production has been slowly heating up, and I think he's good been good sense going down up. to 3C, objectively. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is fine. I prefer him at 2C if he's capable of it, but I mean... I think the long-term plan is absolutely still that he is your 2C, um, but if this is like a spark he needed to get his production back and then, you know, a couple of weeks he moves back up to two C and then it maintains, well then there you go. Right decision. I, 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 we don't need to, 
to, I don't want to use the phrase overreact, but we I'm don't not. need to do a deep dive on like, oh, you know, is he going to be the 3C for the next four years now? Like, I don't, no, I don't think it's that it. deep yet. I think we still got a lot of time before any conversation happens like that. But I, I am, I mean, obviously he has been very, very solid since the move down there. And yeah, I hope that it's a, it's a sign of things to come no matter where he's playing in the lineup from here on out. I mean, he's been heating up offensively. He's been heating up in the face-off circle as well. He was the uh, best. Was great defensively in this one, honestly. Yeah. He was the best player in the face-off circle, not counting Kubalik, because Kubalik had one face-off and won it, so he's 100%. Don't. Of the guys who take a lot of face-offs, Kubalik won 11, lost 7 for a percentage of, like, 60-plus. So, yeah, cop. So, I mean, like, the whole team, they, they dominated the face-off circle in general, but no one more than Andrew Cop. So, he's, it's nice sure. seeing him come alive. And then, of course, Dominic Kubalik with... I mean, just doing what he does, his bread and butter. Literally doing what he does, yeah. Power play one-timer from the circle. I mean, that's just Clapper. Cool. That yeah. was a rocket, dog. That's his 10th goal of the season. And last year, he had, what, like 13 total? And we're yeah. a quarter of the way through the season? Yeah. We're looking at probably he's got, at least... He's got 10 and 13, I think. And he's he, he's cooled off. Like, he hasn't been at scoring at the clip he has, but he's still probably going to eclipse 20 goals this season, which is... A fantastic value for the contract he's. If he doesn't eclipse twenty, that that would be a surprise being, at this point. Yeah, I'm being he's conservative. Already at 10. You know, I'm being conservative here on my on my. No, no, no. I, I'm just saying, like it's December fourth, and he's got ten and thirteen. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and so we got Zarnik, we got Cop, we got. Um, oh, Raymond got the other power play goal as well. Down yeah, that was a really nice setup. That I, It was nice to see the five-on-three convert just because of how frustrating it was in Buffalo <laughs> mm-hmm. or against Buffalo. But, um, yeah, really, really good to see. And then, yeah, we got a little chippy there right before that play. I so it was that. cool to just see Raymond and, and uh, Perron specifically just going right after the uh, the Blue Jackets after scoring that goal was kind of mm-hmm. – Kind of cool. Just them but, chirp. Like they scored the goal and immediately you could just see him John at the yeah, Blue Jackets. Beautiful. Dude, they tried to read murder the lips. Sonny. Read the lips too. It was it was <laughs> they said some they said some <laughs> stuff. It was sick. Dude, also shout out Oscar Sunquist. He got the one power play goal against the Vegas Golden Knights. That's three goals. That was three goals in two games, not three goals in three games. He had a two assists in this game. He had at least one. Um, also, he is like on the power play and on that five on three and on the power play in general, his like the havoc that he wreaks in front of the net on special teams is awesome. And like, I'm, I'm not, I've been trying to, I'm not the biggest fan or wasn't the biggest fan of Sunquist on the power play. And I'll, I'll own up to that because I know he's a big guy and he's physical, but I didn't think he had the soft, a soft enough of a touch to really make that difference down low. Um, but these last two games, he's been fantastic on the power right. play. And he, he seems to like really have found a groove, especially with Raymond out there as well. I mean, they, it's been, he's been making things happen. So, I mean, Oscar Sundquist continues to heat up ever since making his lockdown Red Wings appearance. I, I can't help but think maybe we were three goals since and an assist and an apple. Yeah. He's well over a point per game player since getting interviewed. That's, uh, so I we got to reach out uh, at Detroit Red Wings. If you're listening, whatever player you want to come on, bring them to us. They'll they'll score score a lot of goals right after that. So yeah. anyone who's cold, you want to heat up. Anyone who's hot, you want to keep heat, heating up. I mean, maybe we'll have Delkovich on. I mean, whatever we you want to do. All applications. We expect we accept all. In fact, we could do a group podcast. We'll have them all on all at <laughs> once. 
Oh, you're getting That'd greedy. You're chaos. Getting very greedy. But could you imagine the chaos that would ensue if we had just like 18 little boxes down at the bottom of the screen? <laughs> like, can you imagine this, but like 18 right. guys, just little boxes? You just wanted to make you <laughs> taller the, than me and stand over me. I was going to say, this is the only time I'm ever bigger than you because <laughs> you are a giant. So ridiculous this is like david versus goliath in lockdown red wings form so um but that means i win so all right dude call that oh uh i also we we mentioned it earlier i want to talk heronic really quick yeah he's fantastic lethal <laughs> he's yeah dude he um he's starting to lately and like definitely in this game for sure but lately he's been getting first unit special teams and yeah, deservedly. He's, he's a baller on the power play man he really is he's a heck of a quarterback back there um yeah he looks he looks dang good yeah he's been fantastic on like every facet of the game and it's been just a treat to watch and i absolutely cannot the end of the game or the end of the day the detroit red wings currently are beating the teams they should beat, and they're losing to really good teams. And that's which, like, and again, close. we talked about how inconsistent it was. Probably like three ish weeks ago was when we had that yeah. conversation, and really, in the last couple of weeks, it, it's gotten a lot more consistent in that regard. Where you know, there's still win streaks and lose streaks, but if you look at the opponents, it's a lot more like, hey, we're probably beating the teams we shouldn't, losing the teams we shouldn't, and. I think that that's a great sign of development, to be honest with you. It I, is. I know I don't want that to have like negative connotation. I think that's like a good thing. You don't want to be uh, in a position where you're losing to like really bad teams that you absolutely have no business losing to. Like we already have a few times this year. And, you know, you also, <clears throat> while it's great to steal games from teams better than you, and that's obviously the goal is to win every night. Um, half of this league makes the postseason. If yeah. you just beat all the teams worse than you, you're going to be in that mix at, a, at the very least late in the season. So. And, like, remember last year, guys, the Red Wings couldn't beat the bad teams. They right. couldn't even – They remember the loss to the Arizona Coyotes? Like, that'll always be the – Good teams oh my beat God. teams that they're better than. That's really what it comes down to, yeah. And, you know, this is a clear step forward for this team. We talked early in the season expectations. Expectations were – 85 points right now. I think the Red Wings are on pace for like a hundred points. Last I checked, I think before this weekend, they were on pace for like 101 points. I don't expect that to be the case at the end of the season. I think 85 points is reasonable. I have people, I know we have people in the comments. I think his name's Lyle. Who's like his expectation is 95. And I think that's shooting a little bit high, but right now they're on pace for that. And so, you know, losing close games to the good teams and winning against the bad teams is a step forward for this team. And we are looking for that step forward and we are seeing it. And so even if they miss the playoffs, being in that mix is important for this rebuild. And I Absolutely. could not be happier with the stretch of hockey. I mean, I'd be happier if they won those games, but that's just not realistic. That's not how hockey works. But even again, three game losing streak. I thought they played tight in those three games. And so Absolutely. now they got a one win Start another four-game win streak before our next four-game losing streak. Let's go. Playing Tampa on Tuesday, and you're two points behind them in the standings, so it's it's going to be a big game, and we'll break that game to, uh, down tomorrow or preview that game down tomorrow. Scotty, any final th thoughts as we are overtime? Um, do I? Let me think. 
Happy birthday, Alex Del Vecchio. 90. Big 9 0. No, we ball. We ball. Uh, Go blue. Oh, you already know, baby. There we go. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. With Wish I could preview. do as little as Ohio State did this season and get rewarded for it in life. That'd be awesome. You just got to hope the teams ahead of you choke. Same time, same place. It's your team. Every day. Every day.